podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Whistleblowers Daily, the show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each every weekday throughout the season. I'm Mark Smith. These are your football headlines for Tuesday the 27th of December. In an entertaining return to the Premier League schedule on Boxing Day, Tottenham and Brentford played out the most dramatic game of the day. Brentford went 2-0 up thanks to goals from Vitaly Janelt and Ivan Toney and looked like they were on course to recording their first win over Spurs since 1948. But a spirited fight back from Spurs saw them draw a level through Harry Kane and a curled finish from Pierre-Emil Hoybier. Kane nearly won the game in the last minute with a header that came back off the crossbar. The result puts a dent in Spurs' top four ambitions. Julian Lopetegui became the first Wolves manager to win his first top-flight match in charge of the club since John Barnwell in 1978. Wolves beat Everton 2-1 at Goodison Park thanks to a stoppage-time winner from fullback Ryan Aitnori. The result puts Wolves above Forest and Southampton, but still in the relegation zone. Everton, meanwhile, have now won just one of their last eight top-flight matches and are one place above Wolves in 17th. Elsewhere, Liverpool look more like their old selves as they beat Aston Villa 3-1 at Villa Park. Fulham beat Palace 3-0 at Selhurst Park. The home team had two players sent off in that one. Newcastle looked fantastic as they beat struggling Leicester 3-0 away to move second in the table. Brighton beat rock-bottom place Southampton 3-1 at St Mary's. Saints old boy Adam Lallana scoring there. And Arsenal picked up from where they left off as they came back from behind to beat West Ham 3-1 at the Emirates and go seven points clear at the top. Liverpool have agreed a deal to sign Dutch forward Cody Gakpo from PSV for a fee thought to be around 50 million euros. It had been thought Gakpo was a priority for Man United manager Eric Ten Hag, but he will instead sign for their rivals and be available to play from January. Two more top flight fixtures today. Chelsea host Bournemouth at 5.30 and Man United play Forest at Old Trafford at 8. Those are your headlines. Okay, let's start with Spurs Brentford. Here is host of the Spurs Show podcast and... Life Goals with Theo Delaney podcast. It's Theo Delaney. Well, it was like Spurs had never been away. It's like the World Cup never happened. It's the same Tottenham Hotspur, precisely, that was uh, was in existence pre-World Cup. And that is the Tottenham Hotspur that comes out and doesn't, or rather doesn't come out for the first half. Spurs were rather supine in that first half. They were second to every 50-50 ball. Uh, Brentford seemed to be organised and motivated and uh, effective on a level that Spurs were not. And sure enough, they went in 1-0 up very deservedly. Uh, there was some good fortune about the goal. It did result from a deflection in the area when Janelt put it away for Brentford in the 15th minute. But Spurs, not great in that first half, it has to be said. And then when Tony added a second after a typically crazy erratic error by a dire unforced error, I mean, he, he always makes one huge unforced error every game, which results usually in a chance. This one did because it went, led to a corner and Tony poked it in at the far post. And when you're 2-0 down on the, in the 54th minute and not playing that well, of course, you very much fear the worst. But as is the way with modern Spurs, current Spurs, they somehow... Managed. It's almost as if they thought, Christ, we better start playing here, otherwise we're going to get the, the most almighty bollocking from Conte after this. And they all, one by one, seemed to wake up. And then they had this magical six-minute, seven-minute period between the 65th and the 71st minute where they scored twice. Kane with a majestic header at the far post was particularly gratifying because, of course, Kane's been through the trauma of missing that penalty in the World Cup when England went out. He rose, as I say, majestically at the far post, absolutely 
superb ball it was from Longley, uh, who's a very quietly impressive footballer. And that was 2-1, and Spurs suddenly had the momentum. And then Hoybier finished very, very neatly from inside the box. Uh, he'd been impressive in that second half, certainly. And it was 2-all, and the most likely team then to win it was Spurs. So yet again, a, a very strange game where they only started to play after about an hour and then looked pretty good. They really did. And as I say, they could have won it. They hit the woodwork late on Kane and that really would have been a headline if he'd scored twice and we'd won 3-2 from 2-0 down. But it wasn't to be. Brentford probably worth a draw given how uh, much better they were in the first half. And uh, we move on. Aston Villa at home on New Year's Day will be an interesting test because Villa will seek to bounce back under their new manager having lost yesterday so certain amount of trepidation about that one maybe we can finally come out the tunnel and start playing from the beginning of the game who knows that was host of the Spurs show and life goals with Theo Delaney Theo Delaney check out both those podcasts if you're a Spurs fan the Spurs show is brilliant really comprehensive and if you're a fan of just good stuff good podcasts listen to life goals with Theo Delaney thanks for that Theo okay moving on good result for Julian Lopetegui First manager, as I said in the headline there, to win his first top-flight match for the club since 1978. So it's been a bit of a poison chalice. But he got a good result in the League Cup midweek. And he's improved on that with uh, a result against Everton, who aren't very good, but are very close to them in the table. So a very, very important result there. Everton looked uh, not great, it has to be said. Wolves deserved it, even though it took a long time coming. They've also got a new striker... Coming in, so he'll be available in January at Wolves. So they look like they're they're, get, they're going somewhere. I think they're going somewhere. They're in the right direction. They've got a top-class manager. And I've got to say, if you're an Everton fan, you must be looking across at Wolves' dugout and thinking, that is a that is a top-class manager. Lopetegui has managed big clubs and big games, high-profile stuff. He's a, he's a really good manager. And you must be looking at your dugout and thinking, what, how, do we, how do we rectify this? What do we do? Because I think Lampard's probably already on borrowed time. So let's wait and see on that. But I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want any managers to lose their job, put it that way. But at the same time, it's football. Okay, let's talk to Alfie Brown. He's a Liverpool fan and comedian. He's got something to say about the Aston Villa game yesterday. Well, I obviously really enjoyed it. Darwin Nunes is berserk, a hurricane, a horse of a man absolutely insane to watch and the amount of focus he pulls from defenders and space he creates for other people the amount of things that he creates just by his very being is incredible um we still give away quite a lot of chances i think and it's not something that i can remember title winning or 98 point getting Liverpool doing something's been lost I think maybe in the loss of legs of Jordan Henderson maybe in the selling of Genie Wijnaldum but there'd be a time when we would just stop teams transitioning on the halfway line every time there was somebody there to snuff out attacks Fabinho looked a lot better and I was encouraged by that and the Klopp's subs uh, when Aston Villa were 
putting a lot of pressure on us uh, were weird, I thought, at the time, and then really helped us control the game. And uh, little Stefan Badgetic with uh, a great goal, which is always lovely to see a young boy do well. Yeah, no, I love that game, but I'm still worried, essentially. That's how I feel, mate. That was Alfie Brown, Liverpool fan and comedian. Thank you, Alfie. Finally then, Liverpool are about to sign Cody Gakpo from PSV. We'll have uh, more on this later in the week when it becomes official. But it looks like it's happening. Now, originally it was thought that he was going to be signing for Man United. It seemed like it was a done deal. They've got the connection between Gakpo and Ten Hag. Just the fact that they're Dutch, I think, seems to be the only reason that that connection was blown up so much by the media. But... It seemed as though he was the player that was going to sign for United, had an excellent World Cup. But I've got to say, to me, it never really felt like a good fit. You know, United are quite strong on the left side of attack. If we expect Rashford to continue playing there, he's one of their best players. You've then got Sancho, who, yes, clearly is off the boil and not quite right at the moment. But he's a 70-odd million pound footballer. I don't think they're just going to dash him aside. So you've got Rashford, Sancho. You've also got Garnacho coming through, who's looked really promising. So it would have made no sense for me to see Gakpo going there. I mean, if they're going to play him as a number nine, okay, he can play there, but he doesn't play there. He, he's played there a handful of times, I think 18 times in his whole career. He's not great with his back to goal. He's much better coming off the left. He doesn't really play on the right-hand side either. So I just found it strange, strange to have seen him so strongly connected to that move at United. To Liverpool instead, much, much better. Makes much, much more sense. Diaz is out injured, but you need to have... St- competition for places anyway so it'd be him and Diaz Jota I love Jota but he can play as a nine he can play on the right he can also he can play anywhere across the the front three but he's also quite susceptible to injuries he's had a little bit of a patchy record so you can't necessarily rely on him every time so for Liverpool it's adding another top class player to a an evolving forward line and I think it could be an excellent move for him I'm still not completely sold on Gakpo but that you know that could be completely different in six weeks time he could take the league by storm. And with Liverpool, he's, he's going to have Andy Robertson behind him. He's, got, he's, he's, he's going into a team that is evolving, but is also still very, very good. It's still operating at a high level. They struggled at the start of this season, but yesterday they looked, they looked right back at it again. Anyway, look, I'm going way over time here. Um, I'll be back same time tomorrow. We'll talk about the games tonight and uh, any other fun stuff that comes up. Cheers. Podcast Network.